It's time once again for the Passion to Succeed podcast, where we explore the traits, mindsets, and attitudes of passionate and successful individuals. This show is for anyone who wants to make a difference, make more money, learn from the greatest minds, and discover how to be more successful in all you do and doing it with a pure passion to succeed. Here's your host, serial entrepreneur, successful author, and the world's most passionate master coach, Craig White. Hi everybody, it's Craig, Craig White. Welcome to another Passion to Succeed show. A show really dedicated to bring to you inspiring individuals, motivated, passionate people that are creating a tangible change around the globe, whether that's in personal development, whether that's in, in shaping their own future in, in, in whatever field that may be. And I'm, I'm really stoked today, actually. I'm really excited to be bringing uh, a young, inspiring lady to you who's passionate about dedicating her time and her efforts with working with children of the world to really support them in, and we're going to discuss this in a more detail, but to support them in, in living well, in growing well, and to really have the support that I guess the children of the world really do truly deserve. So um, we're going to get into the, the nuts and bolts of this, but I'm really, really grateful to, to have, um, I guess, an, uh, an unusual guest to to where we usually go, um, but inspired none the same. So I'd really like to welcome a wonderful lady. She's the CEO of an amazing company called, called Glad's House. So welcome to our show, Vicky. Vicky Ferguson, how are you? Hi, Craig. Thanks. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's really great to to have you online today. I mean, obviously, Vicky, you're, you're a really good friend of a, a great friend of mine, which is how we've managed to, to bring this show together and, you know, doing a little bit of my own research and looking at what you guys are doing it's really inspiring and do you know it's important to have people in the world like you that want to make a difference and and want to contribute on a on a completely greater level than themselves so um i'm curious because you know a lot of people may not have stumbled across glad's house can you just tell us a a little bit about glad's house and, and what you do yeah of course we are a very small uk and kenyan charity and we work with both homeless children and young people, so children and young people living and working on the streets and on dump sites in Mombasa, um, and we work from the age of naught up to about 30. We're a very wide-reaching organisation. We don't sort of have a small age group. And then we also work with children in conflict with the law, which means that we're working with children and young people in both juvenile and adult prisons, in, again, in Mombasa. So our work is... Um, our real core belief, Craig, is that every child and young person deserves an adult that they can trust and that they can turn to. And children on the streets and on dump sites and in prisons often don't have that adult. Often the adults that should protect them are the ones that are abusing them. So Glad's House's real key core aim is to be that adult that children and young people can have at any moment in their lives. So we do a lot of work on the streets, in the prisons and in the dump sites. Our, our team are out out in outreach work every day of the week working in those populations um, but then we also believe that these young people need opportunities to change their lives if they want to so we have transitional work which supports children young people off the streets and dump sites into education employment and training we're a very um, therapeutic organization so we work with our children and young people to really deal with their underlying traumas that they will have experienced which are huge. I mean, you can imagine being homeless from the age of four or five, what trauma that would have experienced in your life. So 
we work with children and young people so that when they leave the street, they leave the streets forever and that they go on with the coping strategies and the self-esteem and the self-awareness to really move on positively in their lives. So that's us. <laughs> it's amazing, you know, I mean, listening to you, it, it, I almost, I mean, and I'll ask you in a moment, but it almost kind of like, where did this passion come from? Because I think there's almost a an element of, you know, I mean, we live in the Western world and I guess we can be a little bit naive to how extreme the challenges are. I mean, th- there's challenges in this country, let alone in, in other countries that might not have the westernized facilities. And I guess we can always take take for granted how we grow up. I mean, I'm a parent myself, Vicky, and, and I have two two children and they're two little girls and they're they're like my they're they're my purpose my reason everything I do is to create an environment so that they have somebody they can trust and I guess we take for granted that some children don't have that yeah and all you know I've I've had the privilege of working with children all over the world in Kenya I I was a youth worker in the UK for eight years Um, and so many children and young people don't have that that person that they can turn to and, and it is shocking and you know I had a very privileged upbringing went to great schools I had an incredible family that supported and loved and believed in me but that is you know that is such a gift and we don't we do take it for granted and I know when I first went to Kenya it was a real eye-opener that just how lucky I was not necessarily because I was from the UK but because I had a family that loved me and that fought for me and at Glad's House what we try and do is be that family for those children and young people that that will always fight for them and that will never give up on them Mm -hmm. because I'm I'm 32 now and I I can make a mess of my life but I know my mum will still be there if something (laughs) goes wrong and it's the same for our young people they they need that person throughout their lives I think it's really important I think we really forget and take that for granted yeah, I mean, I know that you know you see a lot of things that that happen throughout the UK, and I guess there's lots of small charities and, and other charities that are trying to make a difference. So, I mean, one of the the, the philosophies here at, of Passion to Succeed is to take an environment to the children of the world to create a ripple effect to really maybe not on the the, the ground floor level where you're really getting involved with families, but we want to help shape people's mindsets to believe in themselves. But you were believed in, and I guess is that. Is that one of the foundations to to, to Gladhouse where you're you're taking that, I guess, blessed life that you had, and, and I certainly had as well growing up, sharing, you know, similar traits to have great parents, being loved, being believed in, being challenged, etc. Is it like almost taking your experiences and trying to pass them on to a generation or an environment of children that don't have that? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, our children and young people every day of their lives are told that they're worthless, that hmm. they're nothing, that they're scum, that they're criminals, that they're drug addicts. But there's never a positive word to describe a, a street child. Um, and we're trying to flip that, not only to individual children and young people, but also to challenge perceptions. Because yeah. if you're told something enough, then you believe it. So I have young men coming into my office at 21, 22 years old, who've been on the streets since maybe they were five or six years old. And that's all they've heard every day, is that you're worthless, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad. So I'm picking that as huge and and trying to flip that. So I think it's really important, and I know that I succeed every day because I have a big group of cheerleaders behind me, you know, my family, my friends, the people I love, believe in me. And, and we're trying to be those cheerleaders for our children and young people. 
And if they make a mistake, that's okay. We're still there and not giving up. I think a lot of work when we support children and young people, it's that three strikes and you're out. You've made, you've made a mess. You can't, we're not going to support you anymore. And, and we journey with, and we know that those journeys are going to be very challenging at times and that we're all going to be sad at times and we're going to feel frustrated. But it's that if you believe in someone and if you love them, you will keep fighting mm-hmm. and you will keep telling them that they can do it and you will keep telling them that you believe in them. So it's, it's for me, it's the core of what we do, telling, trying to give children and young people some sort of worth and self-esteem. Because without that, you can't do anything. You're you're um, you're on rocky foundations, and nothing will ever be stable. If you can get them to see how great they are, then everything else becomes a lot easier. I think. Mm-hmm. So why? What I mean, you know, for those, and, and I guess I'm a little bit naive as well. You know, in my you know my westernized life, and you know, roof over my head, a shirt on my back. What? What? How many street children? Are there? Because I guess we hear about this, and you know, I've travelled the world a lot. I've seen, I've seen it with my own eyes. But I guess you don't always appreciate the magnitude of, and how how massive it is, and how it's impacting the future of the world. Because the children of the future. So, how many street children are in Mombasa, and, and what led you particularly to Mombasa and Kenya in particular? Because obviously, this is something that's ripe around the world as well. Yeah. Well, it was. Um... It's a really good question, and, and the, the frustrating answer is no one really knows how many street children there are in Mombasa, in Kenya, in the whole world. Um, the U, UNICEF estimates there's 150 million homeless children across the world, wow. um, which is shocking in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we estimate that there's between three and 5,000 homeless children in Mombasa. Um, so those are children, some of them will be street homeless, they will be living on the streets, some will be working on the streets or begging on the streets and returning home every night. Um, some of them are living and growing up on the dump sites. Um, so it's it's really hard to know and, and street children are a very transient population, they come and go from different cities. So we, we think of between three and 5,000, we're hoping to um, do a big head count next year, so we really know what we're working with. Um, and how did I get to Mombasa? That's a really good question, Craig. And it was a massive accident. <laughs> uh, I was 20 years old. I was on a, gap, a late gap year. I was taking a break. I was on the path a bit to become an actor. I'd just done a foundation course at drama school, and I was about to go and do a three-year course. And my friends, and I'd always wanted to travel, and my friends said, oh, um, you need to travel now, because after your drama school, you're, you won't be able to travel. So I ended up on a, on a gap year on one of these volunteers volunteer programs and I ended up in Kenya and I met an incredible group of social workers who had a vision to do something differently mm-hmm. um, to work with the children and people on the streets that everyone deemed too challenging so that's real glad sort of unique point is that we work with even the street children that no one else will work with okay. um, and they were the most incredible group of people and then uh, the kids were even more incredible and I decided that that was, well there was a very actually specific moment where I knew that that was what I was meant to do with my life which is a real I'm really lucky that at 20 years old I found why I was here and what my purpose was um, and yeah so that, Mombasa was a bit of an accident because like you say there are I could, it could have been any city in the world really but Mombasa chose me <laughs> 
it, it, it's great, you know. You know, the hairs are on my arm standing up just talking about yeah, how well, you kind of discovered your, your your purpose and your passion. Because mm-hmm. I was going to ask you how how that really became about. Because I think a lot of people kind of go through life never really connecting with their truth and what's important to them. Uh, but it's just yeah. it's so warming to know that you discovered that. But you you obviously you've taken action as well, Vicky. Because you know, I think a lot of people have done similar things to yourself but then to go on and actually create such tangible change and, and being passionate about continuing to do so I mean it's, it's heartbreaking to think that there's 150 million street children approximately around the world I mean half a dozen's heartbreaking let alone 150 million you know yeah yeah it is um, and it, it, can, it can feel overwhelming definitely how do we ever change that but every child is you know, I, I try not to focus on the big numbers. I just try and focus on the individuals. I think mm-hmm. that's really important. I think if we get obsessed with numbers, it can actually have a negative. Like, like, we can't do this. But there's that wonderful Hawaiian story about starfish. Have you ever read it? I haven't, no. It's, it's about a boy walking down a beach, and the beach is covered in starfish. And he is picking up starfish, and he's throwing them back into the sea. And a man comes up to him and says, why are you doing that? You're not going to make a difference because there's too many. They're not going to survive. And the boy just picks one up and throws it back into the water and goes, I sure made a difference to that one. Yeah. And that's my, that's Glad's house ethos, really. You know, every, ch- every child and young person we can support has made a difference. And, you know, 150 million, we're not going to touch it. but. No we can make lasting change and we can change those individuals lives, but we can also challenge the system to make it better for the children and young people still on the streets. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important is that, um, not to get too overwhelmed by the numbers and just focus on those amazing, resilient, brave, inspirational children and people that we work with every day. Yeah, I think you know a lot of our listeners are are, are entrepreneurs, Vicky, um, athletes. You know, mm. people that are um, you know living a, a a great life, I guess, in many ways, shapes or form. And I always try to get people, sometimes with my coaching and guidance, is to get people to remember, hey, look, you you got a shirt on your back, you got a roof over your head, life's pretty damn good, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, we have a, a real wide range of, of of listeners on the show, and it's I think just. The, the message that, and the, the, the ethos that you have and the commitment that you have to really cultivate and work with and, you know, get these children, these street children to believe in themselves, to create change. These same principles are relevant for us as, as entrepreneurs, even relevant for, for, for Gladhouse continue to grow and to continue to contribute. How, how do you remain positive when you face challenges um within the within the business such as i guess as a charity you must have challenges with funding sometimes or you know uh, you know one year i guess maybe your funding's great and then maybe maybe reduced funding how do you how do you deal with challenges like that it's a really good question though we've just come out of an incredibly challenging time and thank goodness we're in a really good place we had a really difficult year last year and uh, my life well my motto was it's all going to be all right in the end and if it's not all right it's not the end um and that was my sort of mantra almost because it you know it's incredibly challenging and we are a really small charity we um 
I'm the only UK staff member, so I'm responsible for all the fundraising, all the marketing, all the comms, you name it, I do it really, um, in terms of the UK side. So that's that's big, and, and really I'm resp- I feel very responsible. We have 27 staff in Kenya that are working with 2,500 children and young people. So if I don't bring the money in, those children and young people don't get the support, but also we, you know, I have 27 families reliant on us bringing the money in. So that's really difficult, but... I'm a big believer that things happen for a reason and I'm really glad we went through that challenge because it's you reflect and you learn and you take a step back and you think okay that didn't work why didn't that work and what what do I need to do to do better um I think it's about you know for me it's really important to be very self-aware about the choices I make but also reflect on them um and you know don't get me wrong it's terrifying at times and there's a lot of sleepless nights and a lot of um, a few tears as well. <laughs> um, but who am I to complain in my nice house in London with my hot shower and my family and my friends that love me? Because, yeah, it's tough and I might have a few sleepless nights, but the children and people that I support and that I love who are out there fighting for their life every day, I've got nothing to complain about that I'm a bit worried about the bank account, you know? So I think it's, for me, it's about always keeping my struggle in perspective of the wider struggle of Glad's House. Mm -hmm. You know, my staff go out every day and they put their lives at risk to support these children and young people. They sacrifice so much. So me sitting in a nice office in Putney with my nice latte worrying about the bank account, I really have nothing (laughs) to complain about. Um, And, you know, I spend a lot of time in Kenya as well, but I still feel the same um, when I'm there. So it's, it's about, you know, keeping going and what we're doing is so important and you know last year there were times where we thought well maybe we'll just have to say we had 10 great years we've changed a lot of lives it's been great let's call it a day but thankfully we didn't but at that moment you know you think but if we're not there no one else is going to fight for these young people particularly our older young people our 15s and up really no one else will work with them so if I don't just pull my finger out, <laughs> there's these young people that are literally going to die on the streets because no one will fight for them. And that's a pretty good motivation to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, luck, thankfully we did, and, and we're in a great space now, which is fantastic. And we've got some really exciting work coming up and, you know, we're all buzzing for 2018. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, I've got the best motivation anyone can ever have to keep going, I think. Uh, do you know it's that emotional connection isn't it I think that you get I mean certainly with with children uh, as the future I mean it's our responsibility as adults you know I guess you know as we've discussed you and I were both lucky but many people have even here in the UK let alone the street children but people have you know uh, uh, they're socially conditioned and environmentally conditioned to I guess grow into that environment and expect nothing more than what they have and what you're doing is just phenomenal and I, I guess as an entrepreneur you have that responsibility to grow the business side in enabling you to be you know a contributor on the charity side because obviously it's a, it has to run as a, a successful business to then be able to you know to feed the the, the mission in itself exactly, yeah. are you still there Vicky you've gone quiet Yes, you're back. You're back. I mean, I do. I I mean, (laughs) I love I love your message. Um, Just something you mentioned there. I'm not sure if our listeners picked it up, but you said if it's if it's if it's um, if it's all going to be all right in the end. 
Um, if not, it's not the end. And, you know, I think that's just a really great philosophy because I think sometimes people can worry too much and it can almost paralyze them for doing the things they should be doing when they should be doing them. And I think, you know, I think business and charity, it's very similar. Pipelines take time and, and you're not going to fix something straight away. So you have to have that sort of you know, light at the end of the channel. Really. These things take time. Sometimes, you know, I've had to work for a year for it now to be in a really great space. And I think that remembering that everything you do now, it might not pay off now, but it does pay off in six months, in a year, in 18 months, and that knowing that that's coming is, I think, really, you have to keep hold of that when things are tough. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that, obviously, as you, you've, you've built this business and this mm. massive contribution, I mean, you mentioned to me uh, before we got started that, you know, you do training all over the world with other charities. How, how did how did that happen? And what what is it that you... What's your message in the training that you do? Because I know you're as re- I think you're recently you're going to Brazil, sorry, in a few days. And what what's what's that side of your business? What's that side of your contribution? So um, we work with so I work for another charity as a, as a trainer, and they we're we're their regional coordinating partner as well around East Africa. And this is it's all about putting children at the centre of everything we do as professionals. So we shouldn't be funding led. We shouldn't be programmed then. What is it that that group of children and young people need? What are they telling you? Or what is one individual child and young person telling you? Um, And also around realizing children's rights. We have incredible global conventions to realize the rights of children and young people and adults, and we don't use them. So how can we use those global laws better to ensure that children's rights are realised. So it's really simple things like the right to play, the right to learn, the right to be safe. You know, children, street children's rights are violated um, daily, hourly, minute, minute by minute. So we're, we're supporting other workers that work in very similar ways that Gladshouse do um, to, to, to yeah, develop their skills. And, and my colleague Liz from, uh, from Mombasa, she's currently in Kolkata, um, delivering some training. So it's not just me, it's a, it's a big group of us. There's a big group of trainers from all over the world, um, from Sierra Leone, Ghana, Kenya, India, that we all work together delivering training. So it's a, it's a real, um, it's a real, I love it. I'm, I'm so passionate about sharing my passion with other street workers and social workers and youth workers. And I, I specialise more in the girls' training, so working with girls is my sort of, baby I guess so um, supporting people to look at our own value, values and attitudes around how we work around gender and just with street children because people hold such strong bias towards homeless people in whatever country you're in you only have to walk down Oxford Street to see the bias people hold mm-hmm. towards homelessness because of our own values and attitudes so really looking at that which I, I love I love challenging people to look inwards to then look outwards I think it's a real it's, I love it. It's, it's a real gift that I get to do that. Joe, it's just beautiful that I guess, you know, from going back to when you were 20, from a, a gap year that yeah. has developed into something that's really having a worldwide contribution with obviously Gladhouse focusing in, in, in Mombasa, but then having that ability to have greater influence in, in, other cha- in the other charity and other countries and get people shifting their thinking because we get stuck in that same old, same old, I guess. And, you know, there'll be a lot of people complaining now and, and in life. And I hope listening to this show 
they'll realize that actually things are pretty good and you know life is what we can create create it and it's all about our own personal contribution and I guess people need to discover their purpose like you did you know 10 12 years ago Vicky and I think it's about meeting different people and, and I think that's how I've developed as, as a CEO, as a frontline worker, as a, a boss, as a mentor, as all the things that as a trainer is about meeting people that you wouldn't normally meet. You know, I grew up in a very white middle-class area. I was very sheltered from the real world. And in my career, I've been able to meet all of these incredible people, street children, you know, people that founded all these incredible organizations, street workers in India and Sierra Leone and all these places. And they all teach me so much, but we have to be open. I think it's really important to be open to what you can learn as, as well as to what you can teach. Mm-hmm. And on each one of these trips that I do, I learn more than I, than I teach. And I always say that about street children. I have learned more from street children than that I have ever taught them. And I think that, and I think there has to be an openness when, when we have these experiences to, to learn and grow. Mm-hmm. And I, le- I, I really believe that we should learn something every day. And I really, you know, I get into bed every night, I'm like, what have I learned today? So I think that's really important because it's very easy just to get on a plane and be like, I'm going to teach these people how to be a better worker or a better person. But I would lose so much if I did that, Craig. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I gain so much from these experiences as a person and as a worker and, you know, in, in all elements of my life which is a real gift but I think you have to make sure you see it as a gift Joe, you've got such a fantastic attitude Vicky and oh, I think it's, it's why you know it's why you you know clearly having uh, this uh, this environment to be able to contribute and to continue growing I only wish everybody had the same same mindset to, to personal growth and it's it's interesting I always ask my children what have you learned today and they mm. say nothing <laughs> Oh, so we important. did some maths, Daddy, and then they move on to something else. But yeah, jokes aside, I think it, it you know, as we we're always growing, we're always changing, and it's 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 about, I guess, doing that on purpose. And as you said a moment ago, being aware um, of you know what's around you and and what you can always learn from from others. Well, hey, Vicky, I know, um, obviously, this is a short bit of time with you to, to really just share, you know, a passionate lady's mission. What is your mission for, for, for 2018? Are you in a position to be able to share that with us? Because uh, yeah, it'd be really great for, for people maybe to kind of get whisked away with how, how, how much change you can create, I guess. Well, we've got two big missions uh, in 2018. We, as we said, we went through a really challenging time, so we had to close a lot of our residential work down. So 2018 is a year to reopen all our residential work. For me, that's key because we're doing incredible work changing children's lives every day or said the wrong thing there. Giving children the opportunities to change their own lives. We don't change their lives. They change their lives. They do all the hard work. We just facilitate the opportunities. So we want to facilitate more. We want to be, we want to make sure that every child we work with has the opportunities they need to change their lives. For me, that's so important. Um, because what we do is really special and I'm really proud, you know, it's taken us 12 years to get to a point where we, what we do is, you know, we've grown very organically and holistically, but we want to reopen our, our residential work. It's really key. It's a really key point. And, and our residential work is really special because it's for the young people that no one else will take. So those that 
have been on the streets for 15, 20 years, or girls that have got children who otherwise would have their children taken off them and would stay on the streets without their children, or girls that are, you know, are engaged in commercial sex work or sexual exploitation. So we're really, really excited about that. We're really excited to start that work again. Um, and we're really ready. And then the other part, which is a huge part of the work we do, and I've already mentioned it slightly, is this challenging the current status quo, changing the game. We're all about changing the game. We don't, we don't accept that what is currently being done for these children is enough. The, they are persecuted on a daily basis for being homeless. They are children. They shouldn't be persecuted. They should be supported. Mm-hmm. So our work in the prisons and on the streets informs our advocacy work. And we are taking that big in 2018. We're going to be really openly challenging the Kenyan government on some of the decisions they're making. Currently, children are criminalized for being homeless. So they are arrested and detained for up to six months to a year in prison for the crime of, in inverted commas, crime of being homeless. It's not a crime. They, they give them other charges. So... For the last four years, we've been collecting data in the prisons, on the streets, around arrest. We've already started that work. We're training police officers. We're training judges. We're training prison wardens how to work with street children. And really, you know, challenge, as I said earlier, challenging the current perception. These kids aren't bad kids. They're incredible children and young people. They are brave. They're resilient. They're funny. They're clever. Mm -hmm. They are so much stronger than me. If I'd been on the streets for a day, I wouldn't survive, and they survived for decades. So really challenging those perceptions and really saying, you need to be better. We need you to be better. These kids need you to be better. And if you're better, think of what we can achieve. So that's what really is is Dad's House key message now. We're going to change the game. So we're part of something called the Street Child World Cup in uh, May, which is an incredible event. There's... uh, Eight, I think there's 24 teams, but don't quote me on that, of children from all out over the world who have been street children. And they will be coming to Moscow in May to play a, a mini World Cup before the World Cup. And it's a global advocacy campaign around, you know, and the issues I'm talking about, they're global. We, we criminalise homelessness in this country. It's, it's a global issue. Mm-hmm. And each team will have their own campaign message, but ours is all around decriminalizing homelessness. So we're really, we're, we really hope that that event will be sort of the peak of, of that campaign. So we're really excited. Um, and it's all based in, you know, fact, what we've spent a long time making sure we've got the evidence about what we're talking about. So we're, we're really excited about that. And I, for me, that's, if I, if we can do that, then we've left a legacy. We've, you know, we've, we've done something really powerful. So we're really excited um, about that. So yeah, that's 2018. So it sounds, <laughs> sounds really exciting. And I guess like the recent elections in Kenya have, have added to that challenge as well, no doubt. I mean, we've had a really tough time and, and everyone in Kenya is having a really tough time. It's been, it's been and it continues to be horrible. We, um, are, one of our real goals in over the next five years is to be, totally self-sufficient in Kenya. So Glad's House UK might not exist in five years. That would be the dream. Um, But when we have a series of of businesses, we sell secondhand bikes and actually we we 
create quite a significant surplus. 27% of our funds last year came from our bike shop. So we're talking about 30 to 40,000 pounds of surplus created by the bike shop that then goes into our programs. And, you know, we barely sold a bike in the last five months. Um, Everyone is terrified that there will be more violence, more, um, more upheaval, a coup, um, no one really knows still what's going to happen. So people have stockpiled food, water, soap, because no one really knows. So no one's spending any money. The economy's crashed. Um, it's a terrifying time. I was there in between the two elections, and just everyone's really scared. The kids are really struggling because people aren't spending money. So no one, you know, they're begging. They're not making any money. So we've got you know the financial pressure, but also we're trying to support these children and young people who are terrified constantly about what's happening. But also so are the staff, because every uh, Kenyan citizen is terrified right now about what might happen. And I, I was in Kenya in the post-election violence in 2007, 2008. And we just have to really, you know, I, I understand why people are terrified because it was a terrifying experience of how quickly a country can descend into frustration. And that's what it was, it was frustration, and people are frustrated again. So, you know, it's it's kind of a game of wait and see, which is less than fun. <laughs> but it's a, it's a worrying time as an organisation and, you know, for, and as a, as a country. So it's, yeah, really challenging, really tough. Hey, well, I'm, I'm confident with your ethos and certainly your attitude heading up um, the, the business and your passion to make it work. It will continue to grow. And, you know, I, I, for, from our listeners perspective, you know, if they're in a position um, where they may want to contribute and they, I guess they may want to get involved, possibly they can get over to the, your website, gladshouse.com. Is there, a, is there an opportunity for people to, to get involved or, or to help out at all on the website? Yeah, definitely. Our, our website's a little bit old. We're just having it redesigned at the moment, folks. So it, it's a bit clunky, mm-hmm. um, but it should give you all the information you need. We're all across social media, Facebook, um, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Okay. And you know, just feel free to email me directly. I'm, I, I love to hear from people that believe in what we do. We, we always say we're a family. We're a crazy, dysfunctional family, but we're a family, and, mm-hmm. and all our supporters are part of that. And uh, we welcome people to, to you know get in touch. We love hearing from people. So, you know, like I said, we're really small and every little bit helps. And we do so much for so little. Um, I think our running costs last year were £111,000 and we, we supported 2,500 children and young people. So, you know, amazing. people's support really does make a difference, not necessarily financially either. You know, as I said, I'm the only UK staff member. So... You know, I'm, I'm not an expert in everything and I always welcome people's expertise and knowledge. So there are so many ways to, you know, get in touch with us and and support. And, um, you know, we hope some of your listeners would be, hope, hope to support us. <laughs> no, that, that's absolutely fantastic. I mean, one of the, the missions here at, at Passion to Succeed as well is, you know, we have the podcast show, but we're also creating a uh, an environment and a business that will provide people with, opportunities to change you know opportunities to develop opportunities to grow and many of these will be paid for programs as well as the free contribution we give um one of the foundational principles is to to give back so as we continue to grow our business we will certainly be in touch to to get involved as well vicky and i'll I'll definitely get bev to speak to you about that uh, on another day but guys if you want to if you want to get involved um and just make a difference you know look 150 million um, potentially uh, street children around the world 
Um, you know, this is a, 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 a small business, which in my opinion, it's really great from a charity perspective, because as you said, your running costs are low. Uh, being a, maybe a smaller business, it enables you to actually have probably greater impact, more sincere impact in my, you know, maybe my naivety, but my humble opinion. So it'd be great if any of the listeners want to get involved, make a difference, whether it's a contribution, whether it's an idea, whether it's a donation, whatever it may be, get over to, to glads, gladshouse.com. That's G-L-A-D-S house.com and, um, and get in touch with them. And Vicky, it's been an absolute pleasure um, and, and an inspiration to, to, to speak with you today. I'm really grateful for your time. Hey, have a have a fantastic day and a safe journey to Brazil, and um, I'll look forward to connecting with you in the future. Great, thanks, Craig. Thanks, Vicky. Bye. If you enjoyed today's show, we would appreciate it if you would like. Most people share through social media. Then subscribe, rate, and provide a review over at iTunes and SoundCloud. That's all for today. Thank you for joining us. The Passion to Succeed show is brought to you by passiontosucceed.com. Get over to the website, subscribe, and join the community of passionate people. Oh,